Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. This is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Cast. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Project Spurs Director of Digital Content, Joe Garcia. In this episode, Joe and I will wrap up the 2022-23 season for the San Antonio Spurs. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode with Joe. Joe, how you doing? Doing good, man. I can't believe we're actually here, Paul. We are talking about the final, the final, 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 the end of the season for the San Antonio Spurs, the grand finale. You know, this is it. And... I mean, we got a lot, a lot of things to talk about, but the the season kind of, I think, played out the way that we expected. Both of us did before the season even started. Yeah, I mean, just kind of what you said there. You know, you see, twenty two and a half wins is what Vegas projected. The Spurs basically finished right there at twenty two and sixty, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like the fact that this yeah. team was like we talked about, you know, over the, the months of the season, it wasn't like it was like a twenty point blowout every night. That's kind of what I expected. I was like worried about that kind of thing. You know, they yeah. still had their principles. They they fought every night, but obviously we know that ta- they just didn't have the talent out there to compete with everyone, uh, most of the NBA teams. And so yeah, it wasn't too surprising to see how they ended. But like I said, it was a little bit more entertaining than I than I than I was ready for. Uh, coming in so let's go ahead and uh, uh so spurs cast listeners i haven't recorded in quite a while it's been about two weeks because i wanted the season to basically end first before i came back on the mic um so let's just talk about joe how the spurs ended the year and then kind of talk about their season overall so uh they did finish the year pretty strong in their last five games they went three and two since i last recorded a spurs cast episode uh let's go back to a while back they defeated the sacramento kings in overtime by eight points then they lost um on the road at phoenix by 21 points they defeated the Portland Trailblazers by two in that first game in Austin, Texas. Then they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves by 20 in Austin on that second game. And then their final season finale was a great win for San Antonio. They, they, they blew out the Mavericks, who were trying to tank by 21 points. So they should have gone one and four. They ended up going three and two, a pretty strong um, start uh, end to the season, should I say. And like I mentioned, uh, 22 and 60 overall. Uh, they they barely missed the over under with Vegas, which had them at twenty two and a half. So if you bet the under, you know you got you got paid there. Uh, and then where did they finish as far as as overall the record? They did what they they did their job. They needed to get a bottom three record. They did that this season. Um, they actually tied with Houston for the second worst record. And we will find out uh, whether they're going to have um, the second or third uh, worst record uh, at, with the random drawing once the uh, playing games are over, according to Bobby point. Marks. Of um yeah the the flip of the coin basically is what Bobby Mark said um after the playing games are, are concluded so again the Spurs still have a great chance of getting number one the number one pick for Victor Wembanyama with fourteen percent odds but if not well then we'll see if they end up with the second or third uh, uh worst record right there so Joe what are your thoughts of just overall general um you know opinions of how the season went and kind of um you know how they ended, how the Spurs ended it well the season kind of went the way I anticipated you know and you knew this was going to be a young team um, there were the young guns were going to get a lot of run which they did. Um, you expected that the, te- the team would be a little bit competitive, you know, not for like four full quarters, but at least, you know, start off first, second quarter, maybe, you know, be competitive. And then as the game wanes on, you know, you kind of expected a little f- drop off and fall off there uh, because, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's so much due to the lack of the actual talent, but I think it's due to the lack of actual game experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think of that inexperience really showed a lot of its ugly head this season. But regardless of where they uh, they fell as far as 
their overall record um, being, you know, with the 22 wins. I kind of had them at 23, 22 to 23. So they were mm-hmm. right on schedule for me, you know, right on par there. But regardless of the schedule, I mean, the schedule, regardless of the record, you have a lot of things that you can take away from, you know, you're looking at this younger core, you're looking at some of the younger players, you know, you're looking at that leap that Devin Vassell took before he got injured and he was looking really good. You know, same thing with Jeremy Sohan, Uh, you know, his rookie season was, was kind of, you know, a little lackluster to start because he was getting used to everything. And I think Spurs fans were really hard on him in the beginning, you know, when he first came out here, I don't know what they expected the kid to do. But he ended the season really strong, showed a lot of growth in this just one season, his rookie season, shooting the the free throws with one hand, which yes. I'm never going to forget. It just goes to show you how competitive and, you know, how, how I guess, great of a teammate he is where he's willing to do whatever it takes to try to help the team, not only himself get better, but the team get better as well. So a lot of growth, a lot of things you can be, uh, you know, excited for as a fan, seeing the growth of Jeremy Sohan. And then you see like Dominic Barlow, you know, Blake Wesley, and you see the other young, younger uh, Spurs players out there. And, you know, they they finished the season, you know, Barlow finished the season pretty strong here as well. And, you know, that's one, one of the things that you can go ahead and say, okay, this could be a, the catalyst for them to work hard in the off season and come back and play even better next season. Do you, they learned a lot this season. There were a lot of growing pains and hopefully if they can get a higher, higher draft pick, you know, and, that can be a franchise changing player. This team, along with some of the veterans that they have and a lot of the younger core can actually, you know, be a, a little bit more competitive. Will it translate into them flirting with the play in game? I don't think so. I think it's going to translate to them winning a couple of more games, being a little bit more competitive out there. Um, but overall, there's a lot of growth here that you can be excited for. And, you know, the future looks bright for this team. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. And now I do want to talk about um, the, uh, the, just the, the both ends of the floor, the offense and the defense. I want to ask you, I'm going to first go through how, how they finished yeah. in, in bottom 10 and top 10. And then I want to ask you kind of what you expected. Is there anything that they can maybe use for next year and grow off of those areas? So let's first talk about the offense. Uh, they did finish 29th on offense. So obviously, you know, <laughs> bottom five right there. Uh, they had some strengths though on offense. They were they were a very fast paced team. They were they finished top ten in, in pace, um, moving the ball. We saw that all year. Assist percentage was high for them. Um, offensive rebounding, which they missed a lot of shots. They had a good chance of the offensive rebound. Um, they really attacked the paint a lot this year. Um, rim makes they were top ten. Uh, floater makes as well, and then points in the paint. Where they were bottom ten though, and why, which results in that 29th ranking, is a uh, turnover percentage. Uh, a characteristic that's not usually. That we expect from a Spurs team is they usually take care of the ball, but this year, like you said, with all that inexperience and so many players um, in and out of the lineups, they really did a they, they didn't do a great job there on, on taking care of the ball. Uh, points per game, they, they even though they played really fast, they didn't quite score as efficiently as as, as they should be. Uh, finishing near the rim, they struggled when they did get to the rim. Um, accuracy on their floaters, um, they didn't get to the free throw line much. Of free throw free throw makes, they were last in the league. Uh, Mid range accuracy, they struggled, and then three point accuracy and three point attempts were still a little low for them. So, I mean, is that again? It's a twenty two win team is that kind of what you expected was there anything that you think they can take away from this for next year with their offense I was really surprised at how bad they were on defense I'm going to be honest with you you know while they did some things okay you know and they got a little bit better as the season decided you know came to an end here um throughout the regular season you know pretty much they were just horrible uh when it came to not only transition defense but also you know trying to I guess make adjustments when it comes came to like real in-game situations when you're getting you know, players on a switch, you know, miscommunication, miscues, 
there were a lot of that. There was a lot of that going on this season, leaving, you know, players wide open beyond the arc, you know, they because you have, you know, two players getting sucked in by one player, somebody missing their assignment, not getting back on defense, not having the help defense that they need because they're not communicating uh, effectively out on the court. So you see a lot of those miscues and Spurs fans are just left scratching their head and like, why are they so bad? You know, while they were great on the offensive end, you know, as far as being able to put up some points, they just couldn't stop the bleeding, especially when they got, you know, behind early on because of their porous defense. So again, I attribute that to a lack of inexperience, growing pains, you know, but hopefully they can rectify some of those issues and come back even, you know, a little bit better next year on the defensive front. Will it going to, Will they come back and make a, a miraculous turnaround? Probably not, but yeah, I think they can do a little bit better than being 29 or 30, uh, 30th in the league for most of the season, you know? Yeah, and I mean, just what you said there, you know, defense was, that's the bad thing is like, even though they won 22 games and they were 29th on offense, they actually had strengths on offense. Like I said, they, they had some categories. Defensively, in, in terms of the metrics that I tracked, there was none, no areas where they were top 10 in defense at all this season. And so like you, you just said a lot of those, Joe, right there, you know, opponents getting second chance points, offensive rebounds, the, the transition defense, which is usually a staple of Coach Pop's um, defenses over the years. That was one they just, they could never fix this year. That's That really surprised me. Again, you, you go, like what you said, the communication was wasn't there the the lack of experience um opponents just got to the rim at will you know rim makes like i like i've told you before it, it was almost like watching track meets at times where like the spurs yeah. score the other team scores and i couldn't even keep up on my own uh, manual box scores it was uh, an old-fashioned wild west shootout you know it's just people just running and gunning at each other with there's no defense you know to call yeah at all and then opponent three points makes were pretty high. Um, opponent three point accuracy, the Spurs were thirtieth there, so opponents you know had their best shooting night against San Antonio. Um, and so yeah, I I do agree with you there. Like I'm I'm interested to see where they where they make some growth, especially with all the players that they you know set, had in and out of the lineup. Like you saw Jakob Perto, who's one of their anchors on defense, just get um, you know moved in a trade. Uh, and so so there's a, there's just different expectations. Um, I am eager to see uh, what what they could do um, defensively. I just yeah, want to well, ask let's, you this. Let's be honest too, Paul. Like with the mm-hmm. the you know, let's say the trade with Yaka Portal, that really uh, hurt the Spurs, especially on their interior defense, you know, because they didn't have his shot blocking ability out there, you know, uh, his rim protecting ability, let's say. Uh, so I think that really hurt them even more, you know, because they weren't really this bad. I mean, they were bad, but once Jakob left, I think it just amplified how how porous their defense was, you know, because they no longer had the anchor on defense, as you just uh, went ahead and said. Let me ask you this then. Um, on both areas, offense. So, so again, offense they finished twenty nine, defense they finished thirtieth. What would be pretty good growth in your opinion, like to finish next year, if majority of these players are back, and even if they get like uh, Victor Wembanyama or they get like Scoot Henderson in the draft, what do you think? What do you think would be a pretty good growth measure for them? Yeah, realistic expectations because Spurs fans always, oh, we we get if the Spurs <laughs> get the number one pick, that's it. You know, we're coming back. You know, we're back, and then that's not doesn't work that way. Realistic expectations are you look at the team and as you stated, where did they finish on their defensive rating? They were 30th. right there at the bottom 30th, mm-hmm. you know, the offensive rating right there at the bottom. 29. Yeah. You would like to see them at least try to climb up and in, in a couple of notches here and, and try to go ahead and get closer to 20. If they yes. can go mm-hmm. ahead and get be the 20th worst team on defense, 20th worst team on offense, you can go ahead and say, OK, look, there's some real growth going on here. Because the unrealistic expectation is expecting because let's say if this team winds up getting a really high pick, that everything is just miraculously going to be, you know, rectified and the magic wand is going to be waved and all of a sudden the Spurs are going to be in the top 10 on offense, on defense and defense. 
doesn't work that way because even though you might have a really, you know, uh, high caliber player that could be a, a superstar in the making, the rest of the squad also has to come up and grow together. So just because you might have one person that shows great potential doesn't mean that everybody else is going to grow at that same uh, rate, you know, so it has to be a complete total effort. So you're still looking at this team, maybe being realistically a couple of seasons away before they start making that real push to move beyond 20. But I think if they can get in the high twenties there, that's a real sign of growth for the team next season. That's my projection as well. If they can get between 20 and 25 in those ranges by next year on both ends of the floor, I think that is growth from them. And like you said, I think one thing we really saw this year that they, that they showed us the Spurs was that they're definitely not rushing any players back from any kind of minor yeah. injuries. Like they're going to be very cautious. And I think even if they get like Victor Wimbanyama or like Scoot Henderson, you know, they're going to, if those players have any kind of small injury, they're going to make sure they sit and make sure that, you know, they're not playing those games. They're not going to force any players um, out there on the court. And so I think that, that, that could lead to, you know, more, just more development. It's for a lot of the younger players uh, next season. So, so that's kind of where, where, where I would see as well. Like, I, I agree with you that in the bottom 20s is where you want to see them make some growth next year. By the time we meet next year, see if they've made that kind of growth. All right. So now, Joe, um, you know, I, we're going to get into some more like in future Spurscast episodes. We are going to get into more detail about the individual players. I do want to do a series on that, uh, you know, with so many weeks um, off off um, here in the offseason. But what I do want to first do, though, is just kind of get some initial thoughts and reactions on, on the players. So what I have here is... Um, I have all the players by their box score data, uh, you know, you know how many shots they took, how many points they scored, et cetera, rebounds. It's just the general box score stats. So we're not going to go too, too, too deep into the stats, but what I really want to do is kind of give an overall impression of, of your, of your um, a rating of, of the players this year. So if, if you give a player a three, it means that this player really stood out to you and they really surprised you. you know, they really shocked you in terms of what they did out there on the floor. If you give the player a two, then they had uh, the type of season you kind of expected. You expected some growth or maybe some a little bit of a letdown, that kind of thing. And then lastly, if you give them a one, it means that they, they really um, disappointed you, that this player really didn't do as much, as good as you really thought they were going to. So let's begin with the Spurs' leading scorer this year. That was Kelton Johnson. He, uh, he averages um, 22 points for the team, five rebounds, uh, really stick out 2.1 turnovers also. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on Kelton? What's your rating for him? I'd have to say round two, you know, he kind of, mm -hmm. I kind of expected him to do that in the absence of one DeJounte Murray, you know, you knew that he was going to get more touches and you saw growth from him in the previous season. So without DeJounte in the lineup, you know, that Keldon was going to, you know, have his time to shine and, you know, kudos to him for actually taking on that mantle and, and performing. But again, you know, that efficiency, when you're looking at how many attempts did he take to get to those shots, that's something that he's going to have to work on in the, in the off season. Because the better that he gets on the efficiency level, uh, the better his teammates are going to get as well, you know. So you don't want to have that plus minus. You know, I know people talk about that all the time. It doesn't mean nothing. It, it kind of does, you know, but you can't just hang your hat on that completely. But, yeah, he had the season I expected. Okay, I'm gonna go two as well. You know, really made some growth there, but like you said, there was some, there were some areas like uh, you know that I, I was really kind of disappointed with him with his three point shot where he kind of lost it there at the in, yeah. in uh, the end of November, and then he kind of never got it back. And then we see that this was one of the top teams attacking the rim, and a lot of that is because their leading scorer Kelton was more so just starting to drive. And I feel like he never quite got his rhythm back from the three. And I'm interested to see what happens this offseason, considering that they did lose Chip England last this this past year. So that was a coach that 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 used to be a, a big part of their shooting, and now he's gone. And, and like I said, Kelton it didn't look like he quite recovered his three-point accuracy so i am interested to see what, where that goes but again i, I think it's him develop a three though i'm like if if you're not really great at the three you can try to work on it but it shouldn't be something that you're expected to go ahead and do i think what he needs to concentrate on is really developing that mid-range game you know yes, and that's another that part of it. you know if you're great at, at the mid-range game you know knocking down the mid-range jumper if you see 
that that could be a potential for your growth and it could be a, a weapon that you can use effectively, go ahead and work on that by all means, but don't be forced to go ahead and work on a three because they expect that out of you. You know, if that's not your, your go-to thing, don't waste time on it too much. Work on it, but don't devote too much time to it is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I just think like in terms of long term, maybe not next season, but yeah. like they're gonna they need high volume because, like I said, they were bottom ten again and, oh, yeah. and makes, and we see that Vassell's very comfortable with that shot, and I think that's still a thing for them. But um, yeah, so I'm eager to see where he goes with that, and like you said, he needs to have that in between game as well with that mid range. I feel like like some players already ahead of him, they're like Malachi Branham, so yeah. some other players. If he's um, not right, scoring in the paint, he's not scoring at a very high level. You know, let's yeah, put exactly. It yeah. Yeah. Uh, next player is, is Trey Jones. You know, got this went from becoming from from being a backup point guard most of his time in San Antonio to now being the starter this past year. Uh, ends up scoring twelve point nine points uh, per game, six point six assists, team leader there, one point three steals per game. What were your expectations on on Trey? What was your rating? Again, you know, being that he's going to be the go to point guard, you know, the PG, the true point guard. Uh, now that Dejounte wasn't in the lineup, he he performed admirably. You know, I would say a, a two as well. You know. He performed just around the way that I thought he would, you know, again, getting more minutes, getting more touches. And he showed that he is a true point guard, you know, while he can go ahead and look for his shot and be effective, you know, and he's not scared, which I like about it, about the guy. He did run the the offense effectively while he was out there. So I liked everything I saw out of Trey Jones uh, this year. You know, I, I look forward to seeing what he can bring next season. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. He made he made really good strides. I go with the two as well. Um, you know, kind of what I expected for him to make some growth there. He showed that he can be, you know, for for a, for a rebuilding team like the Spurs, he can be a starting point guard. But maybe for like a, a playoff level team, he needs to be a backup point guard. Yeah. Uh, and so I am interested to see what happens um, with the draft because they can extend him. And they'll know that what lottery pick they're going to have before that before um before his extension uh and then if not he goes into restricted free agency so yeah. so as far as decisions you know if, if they end up with like the, uh, the number two pick well then they might take Scoot Henderson and then maybe yeah. um maybe maybe Trey doesn't want to resign in that case but if they get Victor Wembanyama but then there's still you know probably an, an opening um a starting point guard uh job there so he might want to take that so again it's just interesting to watch I, I agree with you there as a two Devin Vassell I mean I was really bummed that that just the injuries plagued him this year healing it just surprises me yeah. they felt like he was out there more but he only played 38 games I believe. Uh, so he ends up, um, you know, having a really good uh, year scoring the ball, 18.5 points per game, um, 3.6 assists, 1.1 steals. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on Vassell? What, I mean, what, what, what rating would you give him? I'm going to give Vassell a three. I think Vassell really surprised me. Um, I expected him to, you know, show some growth, but I didn't expect him to show the growth that he really uh, showed everybody this season. Um, his defensive prowess, you know, was really on par, you know, and his ability to to score, you know, he really rised up to that occasion to become uh, a very prolific scorer, I feel, in the Spurs starting lineup. Uh, he's shaping up to be one of the best two-way players that the Spurs have right now uh, on their starting unit or in the, on, the, on the team period. So I can see that, you know, his ceiling is very high. I actually expect that Devin Vassell will, will probably have a higher ceiling than one Keldon Johnson. Uh, that's just me with the early mm -hmm. observations. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much more this kid is going to grow next season. I'm going to go with the three as well, and mo mo mainly because of the shots that he, the, the shot difficulty that he was that he was showing, and how how natural it was for him. The fact that he like took way more threes than I expected when he was out there on the court, and I I know that post injury he kind of didn't have as as many good games because he was kind of just trying to get back into a rhythm, and he really couldn't because they would keep sitting him like a, once after every other game. But I, I would go through with the three as well because like like I said, I think he's one of those players who's like almost like uh, he's like one of their core players for sure, like that they want to build a foundation with, and where um you know he can end up being one of their their top three players down down the road here. All right. 
Devontae Graham came in at, uh, came via trade um, around the trade deadline. So he ends up playing, um, you know, just just uh, um, the last two months with the, of the season with the Spurs. Ends up um, scoring 13 points per game, four uh, assists per game. What were your thoughts on, on Devontae? Or what's this your rating, I should I say? This kid surprised me. I'm going to give him a three. Okay. Because coming into this the Spurs system, it's not something that is really easy to learn. You know, and he came in probably midway through the season via trade, you know. And he just came in here and the kid just like, you know what? I'm not scared. I don't care. I'm just going to go out and ball, you know, and I love the kid's energy. He's always smiling, always enjoying himself out there. It looks like he's a great teammate, too. You know, he fit in perfect with this young core. And you just love the the chemistry that, you know, he brought to the team. He just like, again, it was a great, great addition, I think, for the San Antonio Spurs. And I liked it. I liked the way he played. I liked his style. You know, 13 points is what he was averaging. I wouldn't even have expected him to average that, you know, 13 points. I thought, okay, mm-hmm. coming in with the via trade, having to learn the Spurs system, you were lucky if you got like four or five points out of the kid on the, any given night trying to learn the system and just go out there, play defense, and do the little things that Coach Pop wants. But even Coach Pop said that he was impressed with the kid as well. So, yeah, I mean, he had a great season in my opinion. Okay, I'm gonna go with the two there just because I feel like he really he did a great job. Let's give him credit for taking advantage of the opportunity. The fact there wasn't a lot of guards out there with experience, and, and, when, and when he got the opportunity, he really showed it. And I feel like when he had like some of his top nights, I mean, they were like really there. He was like a top three player for the Spurs on those nights. But then there'd be some nights where you forget he was out there on the court when he was like you know having tr- difficulty shooting the ball. Kind of what I expected with the fact that he got more opportunity than he had in New Orleans before. All right, next player is Zach Collins. Um, had a really good year. Was able to was able to stay healthy. We know that injuries have been a thing that plagues him for most of his career. Um, eleven point six points, um, six point four rebounds. Uh, let's see here, two, two turnovers and three point two fouls. That was one of his big issues. Was was the fouling? He got a lot more opportunity when Yaka Perto got traded. What were, what, what's your rating for Zach this year? Oh man, this one's tough because Zach Collins is one of the guys that's a wild card for the San Antonio Spurs. You know, he was always injury prone when he was over in Portland. Mm-hmm. Spurs went ahead and took a chance on him, and he came at a, a very uh, steep discount. You know, he couldn't stay healthy, came in this season, got injured early on, you know, missed some games there. Jakob was, you know, pretty much the, the starting center and soaking up those minutes, and Zach was coming off the bench. Uh, didn't look too good off the bench. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. He he did the job admirably, I believe, but he, he could have done a little bit better, you know, given – I guess the expectations that you wanted out of a, a player of his caliber. Uh, now that Jakob left and he was, you know, getting those minutes, I think he still performed admirably, but overall, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, Paul. I'm still disappointed. I wanted to see more out of oh, him. Wow. So I'm going to actually give him a one. Oh, okay. Our first one there. Okay. Since see, that's where we're on the different ends of the spectrum. I actually, I, I was really surprised with what he did this year. I'm, I was actually going to go with, the, I'm going to go with the three just because, and it's more so on the offensive end. I would say, I would agree with you there as far as defensively. I think he was the one I didn't, I didn't think that, yeah. that um, he showed a lot of strengths there. I think offensively, he really impressed me. The fact that he's very efficient when he does get the opportunity to score in the paint, whether it's like a jump hook or, or putbacks, uh, d- the, the three point shot, being able to space the floor, he was able to add that element, his ball movement. Um, and then, and then also just the fact that like, like we said, he's able to finally stay healthy. And I think he had a, he, for for me, he really surprised me, especially getting more opportunity. Uh, with, when, once Jakob uh, got moved, I saw I felt like we got to see a lot more 
from him. And and like Pop said, um, recently to to the uh, the Express News, he had said right before the season ended that you know they expect Zach to be their starting center even on day one for next season. And so that shows um, that even if they get Wembenyama, they're probably gonna play Wembenyama at the four and still let Zach be that five. Which you and I talked about how Zach can can work out yeah. next to it to to um you know a new player like that. So I, I was actually um surprised by by just his offensive leap that he took. I, I didn't expect that from him, but but um I could, I could I understand what you're saying about the one, especially defensively. I really think that is, that is an area where future wise. Yeah. Years from now, that's going to be an issue. Is that he can't be your center he of the has future? That's things where I call barbecue chicken. Like Charles Barkley likes to go ahead and he coined that phrase. What happens with Zach a lot of times is that he'll go ahead and try to guard some of the more prolific guards that have that speed and athleticism. What happens is that even though Zach towers over them in size, there's no way that he's able to keep up with them because of the speed and athleticism that these guards have. So what they do is they go ahead and they draw him up, draw him out at the top of the key. They kind of have that little you know, stutter step that they kind of put him to sleep with. And once he's out of the paint, I mean, it's, it's all but over, you know, he can't get back on the defensive end fast enough. They get a quick Mm -hmm. layup, you know, or they get a quick, uh, easy bucket, you know, and there's nothing he can do. He's just left watching, you know, and, and when you have a player that's your starting center, you would expect him to recover a little bit more. Let's be honest. Jakob wasn't the fastest guy out there, but his length made up for his speed and he had a really high basketball IQ. And I thought he played really good defense, interior defense in the paint. You know, his shot blocking ability was sorely missed after he was traded. Uh, you didn't really see that out, out of Zach Collins. There wasn't a lot of shot blocking. There wasn't, the teams weren't respecting him when he was inside the paint. They knew that they could go ahead and go around him, go over him, shoot over him. I mean, he's just lacking on the defensive end. And to me, it just seems like at times it becomes a liability, especially when you're going out, going at some of these younger athletic teams in the NBA and it kind of really shows, especially in blowout losses uh, where he's really out of his element. So there's some things he needs to work on. Okay. So yeah, so no, no, got observations there. And, and like I said, we do expect him back on the Spurs because coach Pop basically said it himself that he expects uh, Zach to be the starting center on day one of the new season. Uh, let's go to one of the players that was a fan favorite here earlier to end the year. That was Sandrew Mamu Kalashvili. Mamu, uh, come, just barely started playing in March with the team. Um, you know, they, they claimed him off waivers and signed him for the rest of the year. 10.8 points in his short time with the Spurs, 6.8 rebounds. Uh, really stick out for you. What, uh, what's your rating on Mamu? I got to give Mamu a three, man. Mamu came me too, in. Me too. And yep. he just surprised the heck out of everybody. I, I didn't think Mamu was going to be this good. You know, <laughs> it's like, who is this kid? I never heard of him before, you know? So it's like, is he going to be one of these players that's just going to be delegated to garbage minutes and, you know, Pop just playing him every once in a while? That was not the case. Coach Pop put the kid in and he like put on a show, you know, and everybody just fell in love with his nickname, Mamu. And I mean, how can you not love the kid? I mean, when you hear him in interviews and you see him out there on the court, just high energy, smiling, just glad to be there and just being the best teammate he can be, you can't help but smile too. So I'm a Mamu fan. I'm thinking maybe I might even have to add that to my arsenal of jerseys, you know, the Mamu jersey. So oh, man. Look I at love that. Mamu, the, man. The last name on the back of that jersey. Whew, it's a long <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. You know, like I said, three as well. Just his passing was really what blew me away. The fact that the way he saw, like in the open court, he was feeding Jeremy Sohan with alley oop dunks. He had even in the last game of the year, I think it was against Dallas, where like he had almost like a behind the back fake, and then yeah. uh, the, the player didn't make it. He just threw some passer. crazy passes, um, backdoor passes to teammates. His his three pointer was very surprising to me too. The just the, the speed of which he releases a shot. Now I know mm-hmm. he didn't shoot it as well, but that he just really surprised me. So yeah, I'll give him a three as well. 
uh, Jeremy Sohan, the rookie. You know, uh, this is a. I think this is a big deal for him. The fact that in re- year one, he already averages 11 points per game. This is a yeah. guy who we, we thought went, wasn't going to get to 10 points a game because you know he came in with expectations like a future Ben Simmons or like a Draymond Green kind of player. And the fact that he showed a lot more offensively really surprised me. 5.3 rebounds a night. Uh, I, I would I would give Ben. I mean, not Ben. Um, Jeremy Sohan a, a three. What, what what would be your your rating for him? Jeremy Sohan really surprised me. You know, this is his inaugural season, his rookie season. From where he started to where he finished, I mean, the the growth was just instrumental. You know, mm-hmm. the ceiling for, for Jeremy Sohan is going to be so high, and it's no wonder that he's become a, a fan favorite here. You're seeing kind of sim- similarities between him and the the worm, you know, Dennis Rodman, and mm-hmm. how they went and got, went about the game as far as playing defense and the colorful hair and all that. I, I can see the, the stark um, realizations of that, you know, but... Again, you know, he's not going to be a, a Dennis Rodman type of player. We have to go ahead and come back down to earth and say, you know what? Jeremy Sohan is going to be a really good player. You know, he's showing all the mm-hmm. makings of maybe a star in the making for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, and I like, the, I like the kid. You know, I think he's coming around, coming along very nicely. You know, he's shown that he can actually shoot the ball. You know, and not only that, but with his speed and his athleticism, uh, he's a joy to watch in the open court. You know, he just comes out there. He's running and gunning, you know, flying in for some spectacular uh, dunks, you know, alley-oops, backdoor cuts. Uh, I've seen a lot out of the kid, you know, to get excited for. And he has a high basketball IQ, always willing to learn, very coachable, you know. And again, uh, a great teammate out there, always, you know, going ahead and clapping and pushing his teammates forward, you know, and and singing their praises even after games and interviews. So, Overall, man, there's it's just been a joy to watch Jeremy this year, and I look forward uh, to seeing his growth even next year. You know, let's see what he can do then. Yeah, I agree with you 100. And then even like he was an agitator on defense. Remember, a lot of players would get you get frustrated with oh, him. Really mad. Um, yeah, it just his versatility defensively. We saw him guarding Steph Curry in games. You know, forward centers. Uh, offensively, I really I really liked how before he got injured, the Spurs were really letting him do a lot in the half court. You know, just like again, a guy who who has a lot of un, un, untapped potential offensively. They were just letting him take it in the half court. Hey, try to go ISO with this person. You know, try to take yeah. him in the post, and he was able to score at times. So again, I think that he has a really high ceiling just based on what we already saw in year one for him uh next player is a role player who, who is in the final year of his deal that's Kate Bates job just a really steady player for the Spurs 9.7 points per game um really did a good job of not getting in foul trouble the best player on the team there um only 0.9 fouls per game uh kind of did a little bit of everything for the team uh what were you, what's your rating for Kata's year oh man Kata, he's been one of these guys who you you had kind of I guess I had higher expectations for him you know I okay. wanted him to be a little bit more consistent and again you know there wasn't a lot of minutes going around so he didn't get a ton of minutes but when he was out there some games he was great some some games he was not you know some games he was booty crumbs is what i call it you know <laughs> and it is what it is you know again he's he's very inconsistent and to me he was just a disappointment this year you know i'll be honest with you so unfortunately i do like Cato when he's on his game but most of the time i really didn't see that so i'm gonna have to give him a one Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the two there. Kind of what I expected, and like you said, he's he's kind of he's 
almost like um you know you kind of forget he's there at times but then he's he kind of shows up in certain games especially when they're missing a lot of players he really stepped up one thing that really surprised me is how many times he gets to the free throw and he he there was some games where he'd take like two or three shots he ended up with like 12 points and it's because yeah. seven of them were at the, at the free throw line so that was uh I, i'll give him a two there uh next player was a surprise here at the end of the year was julian champagne he, he ended up um uh, being on the spurs for, on a two-year contract on a two-way contract should i say uh ends up averaging 11 points per game on nine shot attempts uh four rebounds here stuck out what else um didn't turn the ball over much 0.7 um turnovers what are your thoughts on 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 the the ending to the year that julian had didn't really know a lot about the kid i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't you know i never really heard about julian champagne you know but when he came in uh via trade, you know, I thought he did an admirable job, you know, not knowing a lot about the kid, but seeing what he was mm -hmm. able to do out there in the on the court and the minutes that he was given. Uh, I think he performed admirably. Uh, he was not one of these players that I was disappointed in. I think he exceeded expectations. So for that reason, I have to give him a solid two in his performance. Okay. I'm going to give him a three just because I knew he was a shooter, but, you know, I, I felt like he did a little bit more there, especially with the opportunity that he got. And he, like I said, he wasn't really um, a, a negative player there on the floor, like in terms of, um, yeah. you know, the production that he was bringing to the team. So I'm going to go with the three just because he really surprised me. And I didn't, I didn't know a lot about him as well. Next player, I, I'm going to just say now I, I'm going to give him a three is Malachi Branham, the rookie, the other rookie for the Spurs, uh, yeah. nine shot attempts, 10.2 points, uh, 2.7 rebounds, 1.9 assists. Uh, let's see here. What sticks out? Did a good job of taking care of the ball. 1.2 turnovers per game, considering that coach pop made this guy um, the point guard on a lot of the nights because you know Trey Jones might have been injured or, or something was going going down and so he um you know he got he had a lot of opportunity in the half court what what's your rating for Malachi Branham oh I have to give him a three as well mm -hmm. I think he very really exceeded expectations and I believe there was a, a lot of talk with him being in like the nominations too for like uh rookie rookie yeah. player of the week and stuff like that you know in February remember he had a yeah. really good February so the kid was balling out you know he was playing uh, at a very high level again exceeding expectations nobody really ex I didn't really expect this out of the kid I'll be honest with you I saw him and you know in summer league and whatnot and I just like okay he, he shows potential you know no doubt but I didn't think he was going to be able to put it all together this quick so it just goes to show you that not only is he a hard worker high basketball IQ uh, he's able to go ahead and utilize those tools uh, that he has uh, to to the best of his ability you know and he really absorbed and learned everything in these games, you know, and, and again, the coach is working with him and yep. he's a very coachable player. So he just looks like he just wants to go out and win and he's just wanting to get better every single game. So, I mean, the kid exceeded my expectations. And again, he's one of the guys that I'm looking forward to next season, along with Jeremy. I want to see what kind of growth that they have. The players that I'm really looking at, Malachi Branham, Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, I want to see the I want to see what kind of growth they bring to, uh, to the team next season. Yeah, I agree with you there on um, on Brandon especially, and I I would just say he's just really smooth. I mean, he has a really nice jumper, even in his three point shot. Even though it didn't go down a lot on some of the nights, I just felt like that was always going to go go in just because just the, his form is just really good, and and it just never looks like he gets rushed out there for being a rookie point guard, no experience, and pops giving you a lot of opportunity in the half court. He just looks so smooth, and it shows it right there. I mean, the fact that he only averaged one point two turnovers a night as a rookie, getting all that opportunity, I think I, he was just really impressive. And I think that in the half court offensively, he's already above. Um, like I already like performing better than some of the Spurs veterans who have been on the team for a yeah. few years now. Like he just, He's you kind of poised. expect him. Yes. Yeah. Poise is a great word. Yeah. Poise. All right, let's go to uh next player, veteran player on the Spurs, uh, Doug McDermott um, averages 10.2 points off the bench. Uh, most of the year here. Um, let's see here. What sticks out? Didn't let's see. Didn't turn the ball over too much, which is more, more so a shooter or cutter uh, one point assist. What, what was your, what rating would you give ducks? Doug's season? 
Dougie McBuckets, you know, he's just the the savvy old dog, the savvy old veteran, you know, comes out, gives you that energy off the bench. If you need a bucket or two, he's good for a couple threes, you know, maybe some some backdoor cuts, some dunks, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of Dougie, man. He, I like that energy, you know, that he brings to the game every single night. He performed really well this season. I think he had a good season. I give him a solid two. I'm not going to say he was a three that he wowed yeah, me, yeah. but again, solid performance, solid two. Yeah, I'm going to go with the two as well. Just like you said, you know, really changes the dynamic off the bench when you need some some shooting. He'll come in there, hit two or three threes in a row. Uh, also, his his backdoor cuts are so good. Like, def- defenses yeah. just don't expect that a lot of times. He gets easy layups and dunks. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the, I'm gonna go with the two as well. Uh, let's go to the next player who ended up um, getting injured midway through the season. This is Charles Bassey. Uh, he was on a two-way contract to start the year. Then, then the Spurs ended up signing him for, for the rest of the year. Uh, 5.7 points, 5.5 rebounds really sticks out, and also 0.9 blocks in, in, his, in his minutes that he played. What would you give um, – what rating would you give? Charles Bassey oh man I don't want to be like too harsh on the kid you know but he came to us from Philly way of Philly you know and um I I'm just gonna have to give him a one I just felt like he underperformed but it it could just be a lot of you know the growing pains as well and you know maybe injuries and whatnot you know trying to learn this system again the minutes and all that there's not a lot of minutes to go around so I'm going to attribute it to that. But you do see little flashes of what this kid is capable of doing. So it's not all for not, you know, I think he is going to be able to come in and be a productive member of the team. So, you know, unfortunately, though, he just didn't perform up to par, up to standards. So I'm going to have to give him a one, unfortunately. Okay, I, I am. Don't worry, I'm gonna give some ones out in a little bit, so I haven't got there yeah. yet. But Char- Charles Bassey's not a player. I'm gonna give one. I'm gonna give him a two, just because kind of something I expected. You know, for for me, he really he really stuck out there with the rebounding and, and also the uh, the blocks, like I said there. But kind of didn't you know didn't wow me too too much. But also did, you know yeah. wasn't really a, a big 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 negative when he was out there on the floor. So I'll give him a two. All right, now the next two players are the ones that I'm gonna be a little bit more critical. I know I've been more positive. Uh, let's first begin with Romeo Langford. Um, you know. Even in a rebuilding year for the Spurs, one of the things that he's been dealing with too for his career when he was in Boston was injuries. And this year again, just a lot of different injuries for him, all, all you know, different areas, especially on an opportunity when he, when he could have had a good chance to get good minutes and, and carve out a role for himself. Uh, ends up scoring 6.9 points per game on six shots, 2.7 rebounds, 1.2 assists. And like you see here, when you look just at, look at his stat line, if it's in blue, it means that he really he really is toward the bottom uh, in those statistical areas uh, with his teammates. Um, what what would your rating be for Romeo Langford season? Uh, the kid didn't wow me this season. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, one of these other players that just didn't uh, live up to the expectation, you know, and I don't know what to attribute it that, that to per se, like what exactly went wrong there, but the kid definitely has some work to do in the off season. Um, and he also just needs to be able to stay healthy, you know, however he needs yeah. to go ahead and do that, you know, condition your body or whatnot, maybe some strength training or whatever, maybe with one of your trainers to really work on that. But um, yeah, the kid just needs some work, man. Again, he's one of these that you can, you can look at and you can say, okay, well, if he can stay healthy and he can put some things together, he can be a very productive member of the team, you know, when you need him out there. Cause let's say, let's be honest. He's not going to be a superstar. He's going to be more of your role player. You know, mm-hmm. he's just going to go out there and fill a role and he needs to just be able to play that well. And I just feel like he just hasn't done that consistently. So for that reason, unfortunately, I have to be real and, and give him a one. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the one as well. You know, part of it isn't his fault. It's the fact that he just continues yeah. to get injured, different injuries throughout the year. But I mean, there's, you know, you, there's opportunity there, but he just can't stay healthy. And then part of it too is like, he had some really good strides during the year, like where Pop, remember he was like one of the like the defenders, Pop was like praising him. Like he's like one of our best yeah. defenders on the team. And then, but even even when you're such a good defender, you still got to do some stuff on offense. And I feel like he just doesn't bring a lot there. You know, he struggles to shoot from the outside. Even inside, he struggles to finish at times. And so I just feel like a lot of times you felt that he he wasn't on the floor at times even when he was on the floor or 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 when you're on offense you're playing like four on five and so i i do have to go with the one against part of it's not his fault the fact that he's always getting injured but then also he like even just the last few games he got some minutes and he really didn't do much when he was out there so he yeah. he, he, he was a he had a disappointing um season for me in my opinion uh next player is rookie B- blake wesley uh ends up taking six shot attempts and only scoring five points per game so more sh- he's our he's what he's what he's a he's a first player oh no besides gorgie so he's the second player on this team that took more shots than, than he scored points um uh 2.2 rebounds uh 2.7 assists are pretty high for the team uh 0.7 steals he showed he showed a lot of strides on defense i would say uh what is, what is your rating for blake wesley the rookie blake wesley he's he's an enigma you know because again seeing him in, in summer league it got me excited because the kid yes. was not I, that's, I shouldn't have watched Summer League because that's yeah. one of my big reasons. Go ahead, keep going. The kid was not afraid, and he showed you some things, you know, out there on the court, you know, and the open court too. Looked great, you know, athleticism, speed, putting everything together, putting on a show, you know, getting you excited. You're like, man, this could be a, a, a special type of player. But again, you know, coming into the regular season, uh, unfortunately, because of injury, he, he missed quite a bit of games. Uh, and then when he did come back, they kind of brought him back in slowly, spent a lot of time over with the Austin mm-hmm. Austin Spurs team over in the G League, then came over again here and there. You know, they recalled him back, put him back in with the G League again. Uh, so it, it just goes to show you that the kid still needs some seasoning. He still has some things that he needs to put together. But overall, you know, when I look and see how he performed uh, near the end here of the season, uh, the kid did really show me that he is capable of, of playing a lot better than than what we saw this particular season. So for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and say that he gave me a, a performance of a solid two. Okay, so you went two. Okay, so you went you went higher than me. So, you know, I really don't want to give a rookie a one just because, like I said, um, you know, it's their first year in the league. He's only what 19 yeah. years old. You know, you expect to, you expect any rookie to struggle, but I think it's because he's right there next to Sohan and, and Branham, who really, like we said, they excelled. had each player <laughs> they excelled at some point in the season yeah. in some area of the floor. And you know, and and like 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 you mentioned, a part of it was the injury. He had to, he suffered that really early in his in his career. He didn't get as much opportunity early on. Like like Sohan was a starter from day one. Branham yeah. immediately got uh, th- thrown in thrown in the uh, on on the um you know in, in good minutes it's early on in the fired. season. Blake had a Blake like you said Blake had to go G League and back. And you know he got kind of got his his stride late. But even when he was out there late in the season, when there was finally minutes for him, like in March and April. I just like, like I said, I just feel like he's he's a little bit further behind on offensively, especially than than where Sohan and, and Branham finished. And I, I saw some strides defensively. I really liked his three point shot. But again, just because he's on he's on a team where two other rookies made a lot of progression, I, I do I am going to give him a one. And also, I think it's also just because of how I saw him perform in summer league. Like you said, like you know, he's yeah. just he's so aggressive. You know, just doing a lot out there. And then and then this year, it kind of looks like he almost took a step back from what I saw yes. early on. One of the areas it is. the kid needs to work on, Paul, is turnovers. You know, you look at yeah. Jeremy Sohan. You look at Blake Wesley, they both have, uh, well, he's uh, Blake Wesley's averaging 1.8. And, you know, you look at Cyril Sohan and he's at probably one, he's at 1.7. So they're right there with the turnover ratio, you know? So that's something that again, inexperienced, they need to go ahead and work on, but yeah. if you can go ahead and clean that up and, you know, perform a little bit better on the defensive end and be a little bit more efficient. 
on the offensive end. I think the kid can really come in and really help the, the team, but he's just showing you that it just because of the injury and not getting the minutes and he really can't, he really wasn't able to form any type of a rhythm consistently. And it yeah. showed, you know, unfortunately it did show. So hopefully him getting better in the off season and coming back in training camp and really showing some growth will translate in him getting more minutes this upcoming season. Yeah, and I would just say too, if you're gonna have like one of your your more struggling seasons, better get it out of the way now in, in year yeah. one, especially on, on a losing year. team. So that's a good that's a good thing is that he's just he's only gonna go up from here. I think um, in terms of, of how he finished this season. All right, next player is another rookie, Dominic Barlow was on a two way contract. We saw you know he spent most of his time with Austin, but then toward the end of the year yeah. with the injuries, he started to get more minutes in March and April. Uh, you know, um, three point nine points per per game, three point six rebounds. Didn't play a lot, like I said, just fifteen minutes a night. 0.7 blocks really stood out. Also didn't turn the ball over much for being a rookie, 0.5 uh, uh, turnovers. Uh, what is it, What would you be your rating for Barlow? Oh, man, I hate to, to be the bearer of bad news. You know, I like the kid a lot. And you can't just go ahead and just say, oh, how dare you give him a one, Joe, just because of the way he performed in the last couple games. You well, know? It was almost 20 and 20, right? 21 20, 20, points, you know, the 19 last rebounds, games. I think, or something. But let's let's be honest here. You're going. He's playing against a team in the Mavericks who is tanking hard. Yeah. You know, Portland did have nobody out there. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the kid just just didn't. He kind of underperformed. And I'm going to be honest. I mean, it is what it is. We we see a lot of that though with this some of this younger core this season, and and it's to be expected. You know, there's a lot of growing pains. Mm -hmm. They have to be thrown into the fire to gain that experience. While you did see some flashes out of Dominic Barlow, overall, the the body of work to me was lacking. So I'm going to give him a one. Okay. Him, I'm going to go with the two just because like I didn't really have super high expectations for him. Uh, like I said, he didn't really get a lot of minutes until until later on in the year, you know, right there, those yeah. last you know, 10, 15 games. So when I saw him out there, I was actually interested just to see what he does out there, just to kind of figure out him as a player. And so um, there was there was nights that he really surprised me on, on certain ends, uh, on defense especially, but then there was, you know, you know it was like, oh, yeah, because I, I don't know if he's going to be able to you know, keep, keep a role in the league. So for me, I, 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 will, I won't be as harsh with him. I'm going to give him a two just because, like I said, he didn't have as much opportunity as some of these other rookies did get uh last player is a veteran um gorgie jang was on the team was signed and waved and signed the way multiple times but he ends up finishing the year with san antonio is a great presence in the locker room for for, for the um for the young players as a, the veteran player that they really wanted to keep here on this team uh ends up with 3.9 points per game um three and a half blocks i mean three and a half rebounds should i say uh really stood on blocks 0.5 blocks considering he only played about 12 minutes a night when he did when he did get minutes and then one turnover uh what would you give a grade would you or rating would you give um gorgie jang I'm going to give him a one and I'm going to put it like this. Gorgie helps the team when he's not playing, you know, and it, it is what it is, man. He's a, uh, his day, his better days are behind him. Gorgie isn't there to go out there and, and be a prolific scorer, be out there and be a defensive presence out there on the court. Gorgie is there on the team to help go ahead and impasse, you know, in part, should I say the knowledge that he's gained in his years in the NBA to the younger core. He's one of those uh, generals of the team, sort of speak, you know, helping uh you know foster the younger ones and and really you know share the experience that he has so i mean you're not expecting great things out of gorgie dang and by the spurs letting him go getting him back it, it says a lot you know that they they really do admire uh gorgie's contributions to the team and i do too but unfortunately the body of work is what we're grading him on so unfortunately for gorgie it is a one okay okay so i'm gonna go 
I'm going to go to two because just cause like what you said there, what we didn't, uh, you weren't expecting to be on the floor a lot. And so there yeah. were some circumstances where he did have to play a lot of minutes when there was like injuries to the big men. Uh, he had, to, he had to go in there. And if not like these last few games were just where they just didn't have any players available. They, they only had like seven or eight players. So that's why I'm going to go to two. It's just cause I really, I didn't expect him to play a lot of minutes and, and sure enough, he finally did toward the end of the year. And, and obviously we see there that, you know, his numbers are obviously aren't great. So, I, but he did, he did his role, which was to, to be that, that mentor for these young players. Yeah. And I feel like the team really liked that because obviously they, they resigned him multiple times here. Man, he made me laugh in those last few games. Just how the shots that he's allowed to take, the other players aren't allowed to take. Like he's like, he'll get in there just a few minutes and he'll take like a step back mid range jumper, and like none of the other players on the team even take those. So you could tell he's just kind of like just out there and, and you know they don't expect fun, him to get a lot of minutes. And he's just having fun. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he's toward the end of his career here. He's one of the veteran players. So yeah, I'll give What's him a two. So do, really, Paul, what's Pop gonna tell him at the end of the day? Not yeah, so, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so Spurs cast listeners, you know, if if y'all y'all watch this on YouTube or if you listen on audio, you. Can, you can tweet at us you can put the comments in youtube and kind of give us your ratings was did you disagree with us on something did you did you agree um what would your ratings be so if you want to you want to comment there i, I am interested to see yeah. what you, you, your comment calls be. for being a little bit too uh liberal with the with the ratings you know i think he was being a little <laughs> soft with the ratings there all threes and twos except Peter, you know <laughs> I, was, I was on two players i know i know i yeah i mean for a 21 team i mean they didn't you know not not nobody like really really disappoint me too much yeah all right joe let's go through the last part of this episode i know this has been a longer episode than usual uh let's just go through a quick timeline of what's coming up here now that the spurs are done for the season uh may 16th is the next month to watch um that date is the nba draft lottery so that's where we will find out if the spurs are going to get the number one pick or not or if not what position will they draft in uh on june 22nd a month after that will be the nba draft so we'll see you know when they draft their the, the player there and then lastly on july 1st uh, is free agency it starts uh, there so um uh, thank you to Joe for joining me here on this episode of Spurs Cast, and also to Joe for for mixing and producing this episode. Uh, Spurs Cast, listen, just a heads up. Um, you know, the next few weeks we will be having more episodes, especially diving into like the free agency stuff uh, for the Spurs. You know, who's going to be a restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent, how much cap room are they going to have? All that, all those kind of questions. And also, uh, I'll be having Benjamin Bornstein on in future episodes as well to um, kind of uh, break down the, the the draft prospects now that the draft is the next thing that's kind of on on our radar here with with uh, Project Spurs. So for Joe Garcia, I'm Paul Garcia. Thank you. Have a great day. See you.